Hey. 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 How you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. It's good. Um, so I just want to say thank you um for tuning into this podcast and being my co-host and um making yourself vulnerable and being willing to share a little bit of your testimony regarding um domestic violence. So Thank you so much again for being willing to even do this because I know it can be hard for a lot of people. Um, but I definitely want to shed some light um, since this is the month um, for domestic violence awareness. So um, thanks again. And I just want to go ahead and hand you the mic so you can introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me. Okay. So, yes, my name is Dee Dee Davis or Danielle Davis. Um so I literally just about a year ago got out of a domestic violent uh, marriage and um, yeah it was I want to say it was very hard to get out only because you know marriage God don't like divorce so I believe I stayed longer than I should have because of that like you know, disappointing God, but mm-hmm. I knew God would not want me to be in that type of environment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that um, little bit because that can definitely help someone else um, in their situation. So, um, I just kind of want to explain a little bit about what I, you know, been through or had to see and witness as a kid. Um, watching my mother go through um, what she went through when I was a kid. Um, So growing up, my mom had eight kids. So I'm the seventh child um, out of eight kids and um, living, all living in the same house and her, you know, getting into this relationship with this man and um, him buttering her up. And, you know, one, a, a person can, show you that they're one person and they actually be a whole different person. There's a whole nother side to them. And so to see that um, as a kid and to see her go through what she went through, it really hurt and it sucked. Um, seeing that, you know, like every single day coming home from school, what a, is my mama fighting? Like, is he, what is he going to do to her now? Like these are the type of questions that ran through my mind. Um and just seeing the abuse, and it wasn't just physical abuse, it was verbal abuse, um, just the nasty names that he would call her and just little things that he would do, it just irked my nerves, but I couldn't do anything as a kid. Um, and it, all I can say is it, just, it sucked. And a lot of people don't know or don't realize that even if a child is not physically injured um watching or hearing a parent being abused can serve a psychological implication on their life like they can go through depression they can go through all these type of mental illnesses um because of that you know and I struggled with anxiety for a very long time and I definitely think it stemmed from what I had to see growing up um there's a lot of fear that went through my mind there's a lot of doubt that went through my mind all these questions as to why is this happening like why is this happening to my mom and again my mom was not a perfect person but 
she was not the confrontational type. She was not a fighter. She was a lover. Um, and I think that's where I get that from. I'm not, I'm the exact same. Like I'm not a confrontational person. I don't like to fight. I don't like to argue with people. It's just in those moments, seeing that such a nice person, like my mom was so nice in my eye, at least in my eyes, she was. My mom was such a nice and loving and kind person. And to see her have to go through what she went through, it raised a lot of questions. And I always ask myself, why does she have to go through this? And I'm not saying that I would wish it on anyone else. That's definitely mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. But, you know, why does she have to go through what she's going through? Um, so to see that, and now as, I got, as I've gotten older, I see where this anxiety has stemmed from. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that that plays a huge part um, in a child's life, even though it may not be happening to them. That affects them. It does for them to see that. That is so true. So um, yeah. I had a, um, were you going to say something? Oh, no, no. I was saying I feel like I suffered um, some of those like anxieties and of course, depression and just so much, you know, mm-hmm. from being there in. Right. So I can only imagine how you feel. Definitely. And I, again, I thank you again for being able to open up and share your story because it's hard. Um, this is something for me, like, I didn't want to talk to people about what I had to see growing up. I didn't want to speak to anybody about it. This was something that was, um, you know, covered up in shelter for a really long time. And like I was explaining to Lashea, um, therapy is taboo in the Black community. They don't see therapy as an option. Um, They think you're crazy if you mention therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's really, really bad. And that curse needs to be broken. And they need to normalize therapy Um, Because it's okay to go to therapy. It's okay to go to a counselor. It's okay to talk to people. Because when you don't, you cradle all this stuff inside. And as for an example, my mother's perpetrator, her ex-husband, I will use him as an example. I don't know his situation. I don't know what he went through as a kid. And so whatever he went through, clearly he didn't get any therapy. He didn't get the help that he needed else he would not have been taking it out and abusing my mom so whatever he had going on he took it upon himself to take it out on my mother and abuse her and so that's why I think therapy is important because the longer we shelter it in the more that we hold it in um, and we hide it and we don't say anything about it the worse it gets Mm -hmm. that is true I think that's important. And so I had a couple questions for you okay. um, regarding domestic violence or whatever. So my first question is for you, uh, for you is what do you think is important for people to know about domestic violence? Um, first, it's always signs. Do not ignore the signs. Because I think that was one thing I did. I was like, I saw all the red flags and I still, you know, painted the red flag pink and Mm. wanted to take my chance. So that's first thing. Watch 
look for the signs. Do not ignore them. Mm. Um, another thing is don't think it's going to get better. Like, don't think like, oh, that it would never happen again. If they right. put their hands on you or called you out your name one time, they'll do it again. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. That's really important. That's good. That's really good because that's a, that's something that people don't often see um, or they choose not to see it. They mm-hmm. may see it, but they try to blindside it and say they never saw it. But in reality, you saw the red flags. But right. it's all about the love, right? People say they love this person so much, so they choose not to see the red flags. They choose to see the better person in that person. You get what I'm saying? And it's not mm-hmm. a bad thing to try to look at the the good in people, but at the same time, you also have to be very careful and very mindful of the bad in people because those are the red flags right there. And it's, it's bringing out a side of this person that you never thought that you'd see, that you had no idea was even there. So I think that's really important. That was a really good thing um, to hit for that question. Um, so another question I have for you is, how has the experience of um, that domestic violence, marriage, that domestic, well, the marriage that you were in, how has it affected you? Um, definitely affected me a lot um, because prior to that marriage, probably years before, I was also in like a like a, a, a domestic violence relationship, and I'm like, God, am I attracting this type of people? Mm-hmm. And I started to think it was me, like. But now, even with just little things, if I hear something, I kind of like, like hesitate or for like right after I left him. And if I was around people, it's like I was always jumping. People be like, ain't nobody finna hit you. Like, what are you scared mm-hmm. for? Like, so I didn't notice I was doing that until someone was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And wow. then just, just, yeah. Wow. That's, it's, that just shows um, what type of damage it can do to a person. Um, and the fear that it implants in a person just having to deal with that and always aware of your surrounding, always got your guard up. Um, that's a, you don't want to feel uneasy all the time, you mm-hmm. know? So I think that's important that we talk about those things and try to work through and find pinpoints and um, things that'll help you kind of get through that. Um, yeah. With that also, um, because something he's, relationship before I was leaving like he was saying like okay I'm gonna kill you and then I'm gonna kill myself so he Mm. actually pulled a gun out on me twice Mm. so I got a restraining order on him but he was still contacting me so that I almost was living in fear if you want to look at it that way you know God you know told us he did not give us the spirit of fear but at that moment after I went through that it was like for that during that probe, um, it was just like, oh man, is he gonna find me? Like, cause yeah. I left him. So yeah, it was just not good. I totally, 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 um, just want to give you props. Like, I take my hat off to you. Like I told to uh, Lashea, you are not a victim. <laughs> you are a survivor. 
the amount of trauma that you had to go through in this um, marriage and just having to deal with that is super, super, super. Um, it shows how strong of a person that you are. Um, so, and I totally agree with you. The fear that it implanted in you as far as uh, him pulling the gun out on you and everything like that. Um, we've had instance, instances with my mom's ex-husband where we feared for our lives. We feared for her life. It was always the question of what could he do today? What could he do worse than what he did yesterday? You know, and so it was scary and it was hard always being on edge and it was just a, not a good feeling. So I definitely understand where you're coming from with that. Um, the fear that it may have you know, planted in you is a hard thing to overcome. And um, another question that I had, I know I'm coming at you with a lot of questions. <laughs> so I'm going to just mind your business for a little bit. Um, <laughs> so another question that I have for you is when you got out of that um, marriage, what were like people who were the, not necessarily exactly who were the person, the people, but was it people or services that helped you to recover? Um, I guess people like my friend, you, you were yes. there. Praise <laughs> the Lord. You, um, I'm so glad you came when you came because, um, I felt like if you would have came earlier when I really needed you to help me pack my stuff, then you would have been involved. Mm, wow. Um, but even, you know, the other person who was there, um, the fact that she was there when he actually pulled out the gun the second time. And, you know, the church, they were, you know, supportive. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that's like was hard because I didn't want to tell people what was happening because I still I'm a loving person mm -hmm. and I didn't want people to look at him bad right. so when people would see me and be like oh where's your husband I'd be like oh he's I was just oh he's xyz xyz until like I was like okay I can't keep hiding I can't keep lying I can't you know I just right because I, I, I just didn't want him to look like a bad person because everybody make bad mistakes. I'm not saying right. he's a bad person, but he mm -hmm. didn't make the best decisions. So, right. It caused you to a lot of trauma. Like it's, I like I told Lashea, it's either your life or you trying to fix this marriage. Which one is more important? Right. That's good. Yeah. yeah. We have to just look at it at that kind of, you know, view and that perspective. Like, What's more important? Like I and and as long as you've done the best that you could in this relationship or in this marriage, you know, as long as you did the best that you could, I think that's important. And God literally, if He's He sees your effort, He mm -hmm. sees you trying to do the best that you can work and if it's just not working, at, at some point in time it comes to a, a boiling point where it's like, Okay, I'm done. And that was my next question for you. What was your breaking point um, in that marriage? Um, I think that part right there, the last time he put his gun and I was like, because at first, the first time he did it, 
It was just me and him. We had an argument. He hit me. I hit him back. And then I guess I hit him a little too hard to make him want to get his gun. And then I was like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, you know, whatever. And then he put it away, okay, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, this dude really pulled this gun out on me. Like, I'm a, like, it's like, out of all things, a gun. Right. Like, he've choked me before. Like, just little things, but a gun? Mm. Yeah, so, um, and the fact that when he put the gun out the last time, it was me, my little cousin, her newborn baby that was only a month or two. Then I was babysitting two boys from my class. Mm-hmm. It was like you put all these people in harm's way just because you was mad. And it's like, if you're doing that, what's the next step? Like, I right. feel like, yeah. So it was just, and then everything that, everything, just the whole, how it all went down. Like, even to this day, I don't know why. But I was recording everything. Mm. So I still have recordings of when I heard, like, my cousin scream, like, he got a gun. And then it was just, I don't know why I still have it. I don't know why I still listen to it. It's just, wow. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. But that was the breaking point that was like, okay, if it was just me, like, if he would have did it and it was just me, I probably still would have stayed. But right. the fact that he put my family members, friends, and everybody else in danger. And it's like, if I really stay now, I'm going to look real stupid. And Right. And to see that he was being careless, right. inconsiderate of the other people's lives that had absolutely nothing to do with you guys' marriage. Absolutely nothing. What you guys were going through. So the fact that he was able to do that comfortably in front of those children, um, it just shows this is something that I'm not willing to keep moving forward with. Um, so I definitely see you know, reason. but again, like you said, everybody make their mistakes. They make bad decisions. Like we are not perfect people. I make bad mistakes. I make dumb decisions. You've made some bad mistakes. Like we all messed up before. Um, but it comes to a breaking point. Like I said before, where it's either your life or you trying to save this marriage. And so I think that's, um, really important. And so, um, I'm glad that you were able to get out such a dark place. Um, I'm not saying, you know, just by my experience of me seeing you, you know, with your ex-husband, um, the things that you guys been through and everything like that. Of course, there's good times, there's bad times and stuff like that. But I'm glad that you were able to seek help when it was available. I'm glad that you were able to uh, cut the, the ties and say, you know, hey, I'm done. You know, because that was not healthy for you and it was not healthy for him either. Right. So I think that's super important. And I'm glad that you were able to be vulnerable in that situation and choose yourself. Because a lot of times women, they don't choose themselves. They choose the man. They choose to stay in the situation. And that was always my question. Why did my mama stay? And I, I wanted to ask her this all the time. Why do you keep going back to this man if he's going to continue to do the same thing over and over and over again? And that's something that I will never understand. 
because like I told Lachelle, my mother is rest peacefully resting right now. So that's not a question that I can ask her. Why did you stay? Because one, I'm glad that she's, you know, not in that situation or in harm's way anymore. We don't have to keep, you know, jumping from house to house, from our grandmother's house to my aunt's house and just trying to escape this maniac. Like, we don't have to do that no more. We don't have to fear for our lives um, because of him. We don't have to come home from school and seeing her in this fight with him. We don't have to hear him call her these names anymore. And like I told Lashea, is you never forget how people treated you. You'll never forget and you never know how bad somebody did you or you never know how bad the situation was until you start explaining it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And also the forgiveness part, that's the hard part. And to come to like a biblical perspective of domestic violence, <laughs> even after like a, a victim is physically like safe and their bodily wounds are healed, like their scars are healed on the outside, but there's still some emotional and psychological scars that runs deep. They still go through these traumatizing moments. They have these flashbacks. They go through things still, even though they may be healed on the outside. And so um, I think that it's important because domestic violence can definitely have severe spiritual implications as well. Um, victims, they may not trust God. They may ask him, why did he allow this to happen to me? Is he even trustworthy? Does God really love me? Like, where was he when I was being abused? And so walking through that healing process, it takes time. It really does take time. And the emotional reaction to a situation must come, you know, and it's appropriate to express it. it it's, it's appropriate to express that anger over the abuse. Right. And so if we do, mm -hmm. go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, um, I was thinking about when you said you wanted to ask your mom, why did she stay? Like, a reason why I stayed, one, well, a few reasons. Sheesh, first, I kind of dealt with loneliness. So, like, what I can advise everyone, don't get into a relationship if you're lonely because that person is not going to relieve or make that any better. So, mm -hmm. that was one reason. Another reason, um, I didn't want people to be like, oh, dang, y'all just got married. And what, a year to a year and a half, and now y'all getting a divorce? Like, I was like so scared of what people was gonna say. So I'm like, let me stay married. Mm. And then um, I was celibate before that. So I was like, dang, now if I get divorced, back to celibacy, which is okay. Mm -hmm. um, but it was like, you know, I waited to have this, and now I have it, and now I'm about to let it go. So it was just so many. So many reasons I stayed. And then um, we both was working, but he was paying the major bills. So I had money to save and mm -hmm. to, you know, just do a lot of stuff. Like he liked to clean. And it was just like little things. I was like, well, if I leave, now I'm going to have to pay all my bills by myself, clean up, cook. I'm going to have to, you know, do everything I was doing before right. he was here. So, Yeah. I totally understand. Um, and sometimes, like, when I used to think of that question, why did my mom leave? I had to literally put myself in her shoes. You know, like you said, I didn't. I was a kid. I didn't know if he was paying the bills. I didn't know how 
we were getting food. You know what I'm saying? I just know that it was there. So right. that was a reason, okay, maybe now I understand. Mm -hmm. um, so, but that was always just a question that ran rampant through my mind. Like, why does she keep going back to him? And then he keeps hurting her and he keeps cussing her out and he's abusing her verbally and calling her all sorts of names. And why did she get married to him after she saw these red flags before they got married? Just all these questions. Mm -hmm. And now, as you're explaining, and like Lachea was saying, um, I have to literally put myself in their shoes to understand why she didn't leave. So. That is so true. And I even had to put myself in his shoes. Like, I had to make sure I was not doing, you know, something to make him upset right. or whatever. Like, like now, after we're divorced and stuff, and I actually answered one of his calls, and he was trying to explain to me, like, oh, he had a rough childhood, X, Y, Z. And then even talking to his mom, his mom said that his dad was abusive and the mom stayed because wow. the kids and everything. And so I was like, are you serious? This is coming from my ex-husband mom telling me that she got beat. The kids watch, the kids watch her. And my ex-husband, he was the only boy. So I felt like I guess he saw that. And he thought that was okay. And I'm like, it was not okay. And like the mom apologized because she felt like it was her, like, their problem. I was like, it was not your problem. It was not, you know, it was not your fault either. He just, mm -hmm. I don't know, just a, um, I don't know, a generational curse or something, but. Right. So, you know, I was trying to put myself in his shoes and be like, okay, what? I guess he just didn't know how to control his anger. And mm -hmm. I was actually the opposite because a lot of people find it hard to forgive. I'm that person who was always forgiving. I'm giving you a second chance because I would want you to give me a second chance if I was right. mm -hmm. So that was another reason why I say I was like, well, maybe he'll change. Mm -hmm. And maybe he'll, you know, it'll get better. So right. I was a forgiving person. I wasn't the person to hold a grudge or anything. Right. Amen so, to that. I think definitely forgiveness is important. Um, like I said before, you will never forget how a person treated you mm -hmm. um, or treated your mom or whoever, whatever you witnessed, you will never mm -hmm. forget how a person treated you or that person. Um, so for me, I, ne I will never forget how he treated my mom. Mm -hmm. I will never forget how he treated us um, growing up. And it was hard to forgive him. Mm -hmm. It was because I seen her go through so much. And when she <laughs> fell ill, it's like you still was doing what you was doing. Um, you still was hurting her. You still was verbally abusing her when she was going through what she was going through. And it's like you didn't have a care in the world because it made you feel better. And so that hurt me. So I didn't want to forgive him. It was hard for me to forgive him. And like I told Lachea, hate is a very strong word. I hated him. I did. And it took a long time for me to actually forgive him. And the last time I saw him was at my mom's funeral. And that was back in 2011. Uh, that Well, before I had just recently saw him. Uh -huh. um, I had recently saw him um, 
maybe my junior year, I was like 17 years old. Mm -hmm. I saw him and it took everything in me not to go up to him and express my anger and everything that I had bottled up since she passed away, everything that was inside of me, it took everything in me to not just give it to him. Right. But in my mind, forgiveness, forgiveness kept ringing. And so I had to forgive him. It was hard. It was really hard for me to forgive him because I thought about all these flashbacks, these traumatizing moments. I can remember a time where we were coming back from a, um, it was like a little get together. My auntie used to always have these get togethers. We used to love going over there and he was drunk and he was driving us home drunk. And my mother was in the passenger seat and I had, it was me and my brothers and my sisters in the back seat. And I remember he was making these obnoxious sounds, like these noises just with his mouth, just to be annoying, to, to agitate her. And my mom was like, can you please stop? And all I can remember is him just screaming and reaching over. He's got his fingers in her face. He's telling her, shut up. He's calling her these names, just going back and forth. The car swerving. I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? And so to see that, that you, and that's just not even just one. It's been multiple occasions where he's done things to try to hurt my mom or he, my brothers had to fight this man physically on so many occasions. I had to see my brothers literally get into a physical altercation with him hundreds of times, maybe twice a day, because they was trying to protect my mom. Um, and they were teenagers. This is a full-blown grown man in his 30s and 40s, and you're fighting a 14 and 15-year-old. Like, come on now. Wow. So it was hard. It was hard to forgive him, but I had to know that in order for me to heal, I had to forgive. I had to forgive because I know that if I didn't acknowledge the severity of the situation, if I didn't acknowledge my anger, my confusion, my hurt, the shame that I felt of their marriage, I wouldn't be able to heal from it. And I know the same thing goes for my mom. I pray that she forgave him before she passed. And I'm sure she did. My mom was always a forgiving and loving person. She was never a confrontational person. She hated fighting. She was just so loving and so kind. She would literally take her shirt off and give it to you. She would literally give you her last dime. That's who my mother was. And I always thought that's why it hurt me so bad to see her go what she to go through what she went through. But I know that true forgiveness couldn't be extended if the scars of the abuse was not acknowledged and dealt with at first. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to forgive, um, even though it's hard. It's really, really hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to forgive. It is. But we must forgive in order to be forgiven. And so I look at that verse and I say, okay, if I want God to forgive me for my sins and what I do on a daily basis that may not please him, that I don't even know that I'm doing wrong or that I know that I'm doing wrong, I need to be able to forgive others. I can't hold on to this unforgiveness in my heart and then run to God and ask him to forgive me. And so I think that's really important to kind of trace back, go back to the word and apply it to our lives. Yeah, you may be going through this situation and 
they may have hurt you or they may have said something that you don't like or they may have done something that you don't like but we have to truly forgive that person and that's something that I'm asking God to help me with as well just being able to forgive somebody because I always had that question like if I say that I forgive someone and I bring up the situation again did I really forgive them or is there bitterness still inside like I have no idea so that's the question I always ask but I'm praying that God will help me in the area of you know forgiving people um and I'm I'm usually like you said I'm the forgiving type I want to give people second chances like I don't like to see people hurt. I don't like to see people angry, frustrated. I'm a very soft-hearted person. Like, I have a soft spot for people. I love people. But, and then especially if I see somebody getting hurt or whatever the case may be, it hurts my heart. It does. Mm -hmm. And that's just who I am. That's just how I've always been. I've always been the sensitive type. Um, Out of all of my siblings, I'm the most sensitive one. I'm literally like a crybaby, but that's just the way that I've always been and I feel like that's a gift I I don't want to grow up hating people you know I don't want to be unforgiving I don't want to be bitter you know I want to be able to love I want to be able to forgive people so I think that's important yeah it is it's like you can feel what they feel amen you become more relatable amen to that well I think that's important um you got anything else you want to touch on? Um, let me see. Where's that? Was that all the questions you had? Um, I think I have one more question. No, wait. Let me see one second. Oh no, that was basically it. It's one question that just asked, um, what made it difficult? Difficult for you to come forward if it may if anything was difficult but if it wasn't difficult then clearly you don't have to answer the question (laughs) (laughs) um I don't know I guess just me talking my talking myself out of it like bringing fear to myself like oh what if he hear it now he get mad and he I don't care Mm. I don't care right because everything I went through just trying to get away all the money I spent Mm. Um, how I just left, like, I don't know if you remember, but I was kind of telling you and our other friend how, like, I love how y'all was around me, but I was like, I'm scared. Like, I don't want Mm. him to hurt me and then hurt y'all. So I was kind of like, yeah, didn't kind of want y'all around me. Mm. And I was like, yeah, no, it was just horrible. Yeah, but it was only but God. I have to give Him all the glory. Amen. That because it without Him, I don't know. If it wasn't for Him, I probably would have still been with that man. Wow. I probably would have been. A, I don't know where I would have been. But that's, that's important, and that's that's true. Um, just seeing like I like you just told me me seeing you know you guys' marriage and literally since the day y'all got married. Um, being at the wedding and seeing this whole different person and then it's like whoa you know they change and they show you this other side but again I see your growth Um, and I do understand what you were saying you didn't want us around so that we didn't get hurt in that situation I think that's important as well Um, because you wanted to protect your friends you wanted your friends to be safe Um, and so 
to be able to see that you're not in that situation no more, it makes me feel better because it's like now my friend is okay and she's moved on with her life and I know it was hard for you. I can't, you know, like I can't even imagine what you had to go through in that lonely moment and that lonely season when you, you know, left that marriage. Um, I can't imagine what you went through, but all I can say is I do see your growth. Um, even though I haven't been back to Florida in a couple, probably since like last year, but it's cool though. I see you on social media, girl. I see your growth. I see that you are willing, like you're okay. I wouldn't say that you're entirely okay with being alone, but in the moment you got it. You get what I'm saying? Like you understand how to roll with the punch. Yeah. And so I definitely see the change. And I just want to say again that I take my hat off to you because you dealt with so much within this marriage and the, the months that I've seen you married. And even when you got out the marriage, um, the struggle and the, 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 the amount of money you had to pay to hide. Like, it was, <laughs> hotel it was, to hotel. you know, we was helping you move your stuff from hotel to hotel and from yeah. the apartment. It was, it was a lot that you went through. And I definitely applaud you for that, for staying strong. And I just want to say again, that you are not a victim. You have survived this. And I want this story to touch someone else's heart. I want them to be able to see the red flags in their marriages or their relationships and, you know, be able to come out of that so that they can live a life that's that's happy for them, like a life where they'll, you know, be able to survive doing what God has called them to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Those red flags are so important. Um, so I don't know if I told you, like even on the wedding day, right before the whole things, we had a fight. Mm-hmm. and like my little sister was right there and he was like choking me and I was like about to open the kitchen drawer and grab a knife wow. and then I was like yeah I can't do this the only reason why I felt like I got married was because my family they all traveled from Miami and then like I already spent all this money for this wedding and you know I was just like Lord what am I gonna do like wow. And back then, I used to be a people pleaser. Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Nobody going to, wow. like, I don't know. Shea has said the same exact thing. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm oh. like, what are they going to think? Like, uh, it was just, yeah. And I still did it. I still walked down the aisle. I right. still even, um. so I meant to say this earlier, when you said, like, the pain of the scars, like, when he quote unquote accidentally stabbed me um on the side mm. um with a screwdriver like I still have that mark mm. so it's just a reminder of don't put your like just remember what you got out of and you know Amen. you are strong girl you are super strong. Oh, God. Amen. Like, literally, God, and I've seen him, you know, covering you and just being there, like, you having to escape and hide in the, just like a refugee, like, hiding out in these hotels and just, it was hard seeing that as your friend and having to 
you know, like I wanted to be there for you as best as I could, but there was not a whole lot that I could do. Um, but I kept pushing y'all away. Yeah. So (laughs) the pushing away part, I was confused at first. I was like, it was questions that ran through my mind. Like, is she okay? Like, does she not want to be friends with nobody no more? Is she just literally (laughs) traumatized? (laughs) Like, please enlighten me. Let me know because I'm confused. (laughs) Please. But (laughs) I understand now because it's like, you didn't want nobody else in harm's way. So, yeah. I see your growth and if nobody else sees it or if no one else has told you, I'm proud of you, girl. I'm proud of where you come from and who you're becoming now as a woman. And I pray that God will continue to um, keep his hand over you. Um, like he, like I was saying, he was there protecting Lashea. He was there protecting you. He protected everybody else that was in that house when the incident happened with the gun being pulled out, he even protected me because I didn't come when the incident happened. I came afterwards. So God always, always has an escape route. Like he's so awesome. He always has an escape route. He's always going to be there covering us. Um, So I thank God for that. And I thank God for our friendship. Um, I've seen you go through a lot and we've grown and, you know, even though we're miles and miles away, but I'm still here for you, girl. I love you, girl. Love you too. And I do appreciate you joining this podcast tonight um, to be able to share your story. So if you have anything else you want to say, you can definitely fill it out, girl. If not, we'll just end it here. Um, yeah, just first listen to him. Don't double second um uh, double double guess. Am I saying it right? Don't second guess. Second guess. Yeah. <laughs> Don't second guess because I was over here like, okay, Lord, is this you telling me? Like coming to me in dreams, like because he was really mm-hmm. talking to me, and I was just ignoring him because I was trying to put my will. I wanted to do what Danielle wanted to do, wow. and not you know do what the Lord called. But so listen to the voice of the Lord, y'all. Feel that mm-hmm. nudge. You better move when he say move, and you better stay still when he say stay still. Amen. Say it again, girl. <laughs> Seriously, that is super important. Like, um, you know, listening to what God is, he will give you signs. Uh, when it's time to move, it's just time to get up and move. And a lot of times it may involve someone else's feelings, but if, if God told you to get on up, time to get on up, sis. Get on up. Get on up. <laughs> But yeah, I thank you again for joining this podcast. Um, And I hope you have a great rest of your night and may God bless you, girl. Man, girl, finish packing for India. Oh, yes. Have an amazing time on this mission trip. Glory. Will do. Love you. Thank you again for having me. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.